0: going to talk about a man named Asa. He is a fool. A fool. You know, uh, Scripture says, in fact, the Lord, the Lord spoke very high, harshly about uh, calling someone Raka, a fool. And yet, the Bible here says that Asa was very foolish. And a fool is an ignoramus, a totally ignorant person uh, uh, and, and com- incapable of common sense. Uh, a stupid person is one who sometimes behaves erratically and makes a fool of themselves. Second Chronicles 15, one through 7 and I'll read. Then the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Obed, and he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning from the battle. Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. Listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with Him. Whenever you seek Him, you'll find Him, but if you abandon Him, He will abandon you. For a long time, Israel was, out, was without the true God, without a priest to teach them, and without the law to instruct them. But whenever they were in trouble and turned to the Lord, the, the God of Israel, and sought Him out, they found Him. During those tar- dark times, it was not safe to travel. Problems troubled the people of every land. Nations fought against nation. The city against, city against city for God was troubling them with every kind of problem. But as for you, be strong and courageous for your work will be rewarded. Well, the Bible demonstrates that God can have an impact on life no matter uh, where that person comes from, no matter who that person is. He can impact us regardless of our, of our social, political, um, financial selves, he can he can affect us. He can touch us, and this is one of the reasons why the Bible is relevant for us today. Uh, if if you look carefully, if you search diligently, if you listen expectantly for the voice of the Holy Spirit, you're going to find a person or a, uh, a, a it, 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 he'll show up. You'll find a person or a principle that you can identify with, and that's applicable to your life. So throughout. One of the, throughout the Bible, but one of the things particularly written in the New Testament about the Old Testament is found in Romans 15.4. Paul writes, such things were written in the Scriptures long ago to teach us. say, well, the Bible, the, you know the Old Testament, that was a bunch of, of kings and prophets and, and stuff that really doesn't have any application today. Well, Scripture says the Old Testament has been written to teach us. And the Scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. There's still a lot of... We don't have to wait for any prophecy to be fulfilled. All prophecy concerning Christ has been fulfilled. The only prophecy that is yet to be fulfilled is the return of God, the return of Christ. And yet, uh, God's promises to us are fulfilled every single day. Look at how we pray he says He promises not to leave us nor forsake us. So we pray for health. And in a lot of cases, health was provided. We pray for jobs. Jobs provided. We pray for the sale of a house. We pray for uh, uh, a, a, a life partner. We pray for our children. And God pro- God's, we, we wait on God's promises to meet those things. Sometimes, though, it's not in his timing to do those sorts of things. It was made clear to the Romans that God's purpose for writing the New Testament with all its stories and teaching is to help us have hope in God. And the Bible does give us hope. Today we're going to look at this guy, this king named Asa. Time and again in church world we see this story. It's the account of of misplaced hope and in this account of a foolish man. And there was a verse that particularly stands out in this account of King Asa's later life in uh Second Chronicles sixteen nine. It says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are committed to him. He's talking now to Asa. He says, What a fool you've been. For God to call you a fool, from now on you'll be at war. You know, so so okay, fine. We go out and we fight, but but part of that that war, it, there's a, there's a, a lack of peace. There is no peace. Somebody's always out to get you. Assassins are everywhere. You're always looking over your shoulder. Asa, you've been a fool. And he wasn't too happy with this. And and the reason he was foolish was he didn't rely on God. In a moment, I want to look at uh, two reasons mentioned in this text why what Asa did was very foolish. That's that's going to be in a bit. As we look at chapter 16, it describes what happened in, in the 36th year of Asa's reign. Verse 1 says that uh, Basha, the king of Israel, went up against Judah. He built fortifi- a fortified city called Ramah. And as a kind of siege and blockade against Judah so that he could control uh, access to Asa's land. And here's where Asa should have stopped and sought the Lord. In fact, he should have stopped and cried out to God. But instead of turning to the Lord, he immediately turned to his own resources, his own power, his army, his people, his confidants. You know, you put trust in people, what's going to happen all the time? Every time. You put, I, I, there's only one person in this world that I can put my total and 100% confidence in and she's never let me down. Well, there was that one time, but we don't talk about that. But, but I mean, they're, 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 when, when we have that kind of confidence in our spouse or even in friends, friends can let us down. Why? We're all human. I'll let you down. Because, and I love you. I love you guys to death. But you know, there's just some times that something is said, something is done, and it's done without any evil intent, but we let one another down. And this is what he did he took silver and gold from the temple and the king's house. So he robbed the temple and he robbed the king's house to get the money, and he sent these things to Ben Hadad, king of Syria. So in other words, Asa pays the king of Syria to get Basha off his back. In verse 4 describes Bedad's com- campaign against the cities of Israel, and it works. 2 Chronicles 16.5, as soon as Basha of Israel heard what was happening, he abandoned his project of fortifying Ramah, and he stopped all work on it. So he was, he was scared of the king of Syria. So then Asa comes in, tears down Ramah and the wall, and so it seems that... Uh, uh, Israel is secure, there's peace in the land, and, and Basha is humiliated. And there's a great lesson to be learned here. So many times when we rely on ourselves and our own resources, things go well for a while. And then the wheels come off the wagon And it goes up in smoke when we stop hoping in God and start hoping in what we can do on our own. When we leave ourselves to our own resources, things fall apart every time. When we leave, if we are children of God, if you're a child of God sitting here today, and you are experiencing some unbelievable stress and problems in your life, examine your relationship with God. Have you... Determined that you're going to follow your own resources, or are you going to follow God's? Look at the blessing Asa missed in 2 Corinthians 16 7b. Because you have put your trust in the king of Aram instead of the Lord, your God, you missed the chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. So God would not only have protected him and Israel, he would have given the entire army of Aram into his hands. Asa was a fool. And he threw it away by trusting in money and intrigue instead of God. And as a result, what seemed to be a good plan, <laughs> it turned out to be a a, a a disastrous mistake. What a fool you have been. From now on, there'll be war. So now we, we know from other places in the Bible that if, if we repent after unbelief, God may take these consequences from us. He may. And turn them for our good. So he can look at that sin, we repent of that sin, and he can take that and turn it around for good. There'll be fatherly discipline, but no condemnation. Asa never learned and remained a fool until the day he died. Uh, 16 uh, 12 through 13, in the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease. A foot disease. We know about feet in our house. I mean, uh, my my wife has has is she's beautiful, but she doesn't like to show people her feet because they go different ways. You know, I love her feet. I don't care if they're crooked or what. But she's had pins. She's had them broken and then put back together. She's had surgery, uh, and and her feet are a mess. The first Sunday that I was here, the first Sunday I preached here, I preached in flip-flops because I had something with my Achilles heel and I had to have surgery. So we know about feet. It It was torn. I had something torn. Well, it's not torn now. It's okay now. Though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he didn't seek help from God. He just went to the physicians. That's the first thing we do in our family. I don't know about you guys. We, 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 hit the, we hit our knees praying, you know, that, that you know, God don't understand it, give us wisdom, give us the right doctors, give us the right medication, and her feet are still a mess. But uh, at least he's given us hope and given her hope that he's taking care of that. And, and part of it is we keep buying shoes. Well, she keeps buying shoes. And hopefully she'll get a pair that work. Something, something tragic happened in his in his life. You know, when there was a military threat, he didn't think of God. He thought of money in the treasury, and, he, and and political alliances, and the and the and the military force. And when there was a health threat, he didn't think of God. He went directly to the to the doctors and the medication. And that's not to say that these options aren't proper, but often when we face disaster threats in our lives, our hope is often placed more in the resources rather than God. Trusting God, relying on God, hoping in God wasn't part of his life anymore. I don't know for how long and we're still doing it. Praying for Denise's back. Two, you know, first surgery, yay God, no help. Second surgery, yay God, no help. Tim, chasing squirrels, fell out of his tree. Well, he said that the wind blew his ladder over, but I, I, I was with him. I know better. You know, and laid up for how long? How long were you laid up? 108 days. Praying and visiting, and, and, and God has, has healed you. And, and, and yet, the doctors and the medicine, that wasn't the first thing that happened. first thing was, we're going to pray. So I said earlier there's two reasons mentioned in the text why there's a great why why this is a is a bad deal. The first thing, God had proved to Asa in the past that when he trusted him, great thing happened, great things happened for his good. Friends, when we trust in God, looking at the past, relying, realizing that God has has taken care of us in the past, and we claim that promise today, great things are going to happen. Second Chronicles 16.8. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and the Libyans and their vast army with all of their chariots and charioteer, charioteers? At that time, you know, this prophet is talking to Asa again. At that time, you relied on the Lord, and he handed them over to you. You looked to God, God gave you the victory. God fought for Asa when Asa trusted him, and you can find the whole story in Second Chronicles 14. Asa had an army and he was, uh, had, a, had a lot of worldly resources at his disposal. But he was on his face before God saying that the armies are not the decisive thing in battle, only the Lord in his early days. He recognized where the strength came from. So Asa, in effect, is saying we're not trusting, we're not hoping in our army, but we're trusting and hoping God in you. Because we've had proof. We've seen it. In our own lives, we've had proof. We have seen it. We know that God is the God of the miracle. And He, and he does raise us from those, from those medical conditions. He does heal the homes. He does heal marriages. He does, he does heal employment. He heals churches. Because we are on our face before God. And we're trusting in Him. Ace's prayer indicated in, in the, the terrible situation in his life and his willingness to hope and trust of in God's resources for the outcome. Are you there? Are you there with me? When you when you are at that place in your life where things are absolutely at the bottom, it, it couldn't. In fact, it couldn't get any worse. It's like you're underneath the bottom. Are you trusting God? you trusting him are you saying okay i'm miserable right now i'm miserable in my physical condition i'm miserable in my job i'm i'm my my kid i'm miserable with my kids but i know that my god is in control and he may if he chooses to deliver me there's no magic bullet you can't dangle God like a rabbit's foot. Now, that doesn't mean that Asa withdrew his army and sat around waiting for God to do something. He, he was proactive. The distinction is that Asa did not trust in his army for the outcome of the battle, but he trusted in God. And, and let me, let's think in terms of going to the doctor. We go for aid in a medical problem, and that's not wrong. An army's... Uh, being sent somewhere to defend our, our country isn't wrong. But banking all our hope and trust in the doctor of the army and praying for the way that, that uh, and not praying the way that Asa prayed initially is foolishness. And we are called fools in doing so. And he prayed. He humbled himself and hoped in God. And verse 12 described what happened. So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians in the presence of Asa and the army of Judah, and the enemy fled. Can you picture that? Here's your army ready to do battle. I mean the swords are sharpened, the lances are sharpened, everybody's out there, their battle gear on. And God shows up and decimates the enemy. You didn't have to you didn't have to lift a finger. And it says the enemy fled. They were they were climbing over each other. They couldn't get out of there fast enough to get away from the power of the living God. So you pick up in chapter 15, we find that God sends a prophet to Asa to make sure that he understood what just happened. He went out to meet King Asa, this prophet, and, he, and, and was, he was returning from the battle. Listen to me, Asa. He shouted, listen to all the people, Judah and Benjamin. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Friends, the Lord is going to be with you as long as you continue to have fellowship with him. That doesn't mean that your path is going to be rosy, but it does mean that he is with you, he understands the problem, and you're not going it alone. Whenever you seek him, you'll find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. You're going to have a peace. You're going through all this turmoil, but you have a peace. And the reason you have the peace is because God is there beside you. But when things start going haywire, and it can happen as a kid, you're a young person. You're going to be going through, through all kinds of, of turmoil in school. Man, I mean, think about it. You abandon God, you take the ball, you intercept and you get hit, and you have three broken legs. Don't abandon God, because you only have two good ones. Our kids, our grandkids. Well, my great-grandkids can't do any wrong. But, but uh, you know, we have that, we have that understanding that, that things go right when we have God beside us. Is it hard? Sure, it can be hard. It can be real hard. You know, there's not enough money at the, at the end of the month, we think. And, and yet, it happens. Keith and I had a conversation uh, the other day, and he, and he, just, he just does this. He said, I don't know how the money comes in. It just comes in. But he's a hard worker. He's a, he's a scrapper, and not a scrap scrapper. I don't know, are you a scrap scrapper? Oh, you could be a scrap scrapper. But, but I mean, he, he goes and he finds work. He's a hustler. And, and God always comes through. Why? Because there is a dependence in the Gideon family, upon God. And yet, you say, well, how do you get paid? These So he shows you his myths. Shake hands with him sometime, and you'll see that, uh, what kind of guy he is. You know, it's, it's, it's that understanding that things aren't easy, but God's always there. You say, well, things aren't easy, and I don't feel God's there. Well, maybe it's because you've abandoned God. But he, Asa forgot this lesson. He, he put his trust in money in the military and political alliances and physicians and the latter part of his reign was folly because God made it so very clear that he would do great things for him if he had simply put his trust in him. And Asa forgot all that. And his failure to rely on God was foolish because God had so amazingly been good to him. You know, and, and in our own lives, in my life, God has been so amazingly good to me and to my family that, that how can I not think that, that he is not the God of the impossible? The second reason given in the text for why Asa's reliance on man was folly is the very nature of, of God is that he's eager to show his power on behalf of people who trust him. God is living just to bless our socks off, friends. That's what he wants to do. He gives us, he gives us great jobs. <laughs> he gives us great kids. He gives us a, a house that the roof doesn't look. That's it. Oh, there Is that it? That good? I'm not going to get a sore throat. Yeah. See now there's people who could get really upset with that sort of thing. Throw it, down. Throw it down, and then it really breaks. <laughs> Second Chronicles 16:9 tells us that God loves to show His power on behalf of the weak. The eyes of the Lord searched the whole earth. In order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him, what a fool you've been. From now on, you'll be at war. God means for you to know something very profound about him from this verse this morning. And he means it to, so, to, to change us. So we don't commit asus folly. So that, that we have more peace and freedom and courage and power in spite of the circumstances and situations we find ourselves in. What does God want want you to see about himself? Consider this, if I say this. If I say the eyes of the narcotics agent run to and fro throughout the city seeking to capture drug dealers and make the community drug-free and safe again. What I mean is that they're doing their job. And they're really out to do it. It's the nature of the agent to seek out and find drug dealers so they can be dealt with decisively. Or if I say... The eyes of the scouts of K-State and KU are, are searching to and fro throughout the high schools of Kansas, seeking to find the best athletes. What I mean is they're, this is their job. And they're really out to do it. It's the nature of the athletic scout to seek and find good athletes and try to recruit them. Sometimes it's good, sometimes... Eh. That's the way we should read verse 9. The eyes of the Lord God, the creator of the universe, search back and forth across the whole earth to show His might on behalf of those whose hearts are holy, relying on Him. He's looking for us. He's wanting to, to see His children have faith in Him so he can. we're kind of like His trophies. And He holds us up and He says, Look, look at what my son and my daughter have done. They're trusting wholly in me, completely. Why? Because they love me. And when the prophet says this to Asa, what he means is that this is God's job. He's really out to do it. It it belongs to the very nature of God that he overflow with divine power in the lives of people who trust him. That's what he's wanting to do. And in the lives of the people who trust him are his children Mary, i said that that if if jesus christ is lord of lords and king of kings and you're his child that makes you a prince or a princess we are royalty friends and the king doesn't shortchange his kids and he doesn't shortchange us and this is right at the heart of what it means to be god this is something not something god does on the weekends Okay, it's Sunday, God will show up, he'll do a a, a magic act. This isn't something he just does in church or holy places. It's not his hobby or after-hours recreation. This is God's job. It's what he does. And he's doing it all the time, everywhere. His eyes are everywhere. And so that he never misses one single opportunity, anytime, anywhere, to demonstrate his power on behalf of a hundred of a humble people who rely on him, Ace's reactions and trust in the resources he had was foolish because he didn't remember that God was just waiting. God's just waiting, friends, to bless you. God's just waiting to help you out of the mess you're in if you rely on Him. Well, you know, I prayed and it doesn't work. Well, if that's the case, I, I really am sorry because I've felt the damage it's done in my own faith when I felt that God let me down. One day I realized, thankfully, that after I thought about it, instead of hoping and placing my trust in God for the situation I faced, I was trying to do it under my own steam. And when I get involved in something, I may make you laugh, but I'll make a mess of it every time. See, by trying to deal with a smaller problem with his own resources, Asa prevented God from dealing with the big problem with his resources. So, if you feel that God's let you down, ask yourself this question. Has he really let me down? Has God really and truly let me down? Or am I trusting and hoping in what I expect God will do instead of just trusting and hoping in God? Giving him the opportunity to sort out the the problem, and, and depend on him for the results. So Asa, the man called foolish, his life resembles the life of so many people today. Maybe as you hear this, his story, you recognize certain elements in your own life today. There's those who, who, like Asa, at some point in their lives placed trust and hope in God, then they faced an incredible disaster in their life, and they turned their back on him. And because of this, God displayed and there's those who, who because of their horrible situation or circumstances simply trusted Him. And because of this, God displayed His wonderful power in their life and the situation or circumstances but here they are now. The problem hasn't diminished but they have the peace and the hope that God is going to take them through it. They're facing other situations, other circumstances, but rather than trusting God and hoping in Him, they've begun to rely on their own resources, and it's not working. They haven't had any problems with this choice yet, but they will. You see, our resources only go so far. God's resources are infinite. Either they don't have a need, or they feel that God has failed them or failed others, and if they don't turn to God, there'll be nothing to hope for, and there's going to be nothing to trust. Nobody wants to be called foolish. Asa didn't. In fact, he threw the prophet in jail and uh, uh, tore up the town. The prophet was Hanani, and, and he took his anger out, not just on the prophet, but on the, those that were around the prophet. He lashed out. So don't lash out as Asa did. If this message is hitting home this morning, hear these words carefully. The way to wisdom is to realize that you're foolish apart from God. The way to wisdom is that you realize you are f- that you that you realize you are foolish apart from God. Don't ignore it, don't excuse it, don't explain it away. Just come before God and say, Lord, I have been foolish. And I've been a fool. I've trusted and I've hoped and in everything and anything but you. God, I've had a change of heart. I want to trust you and hope in you alone. Let's pray. Father, this is my prayer for myself and for my brothers and sisters here today. Lord, if we are struggling in this area of of having abandoned God or not depending on God and having an attitude of, you know, it doesn't do any good. Change our heart. We just want to trust you in hope in you alone. And Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you as their Savior, that doesn't know for sure that they're a child of God, they think they do, they've done good things, their, their lives have been, have been profitable, they, they haven't uh, been a blasphemer of God, probably even may believe in God, but they've never had that personal relationship. May this be the day that they say, Lord Jesus, I don't understand it all, but I ask you in the best way I know how to come into my life and save me from my sin, save me from my doubt, save me from my unbelief, save me from all this sin. And I believe when you died on the cross, you died in my place, so that I could live with you forever, and I thank you for that. Lord, I give you my life thank you for yours in your son's precious name. Amen.